0: Get the craft services wow. Yeah. Oh, the right. yeah. way. Okay. Oh, it's already working. It's not nice, it's already, it's already working. It's already working. I'm here with my good friend, uh, Phil Proctor. We've done many uh, uh, wonderful recordings together, audio books. And Phil, of What'd course... What <laughs> books. Odd books. Auto books Bunch together. books. Phil, of course, is a veteran of the Fire Sign Theater yes, and many sir. other things. He's had a stellar career. He's 96 today, and that's I took, right. him out, <laughs> took him out for some software. Reminded me acts. of when I was 69. <laughs> yeah, those I mean, were the days. I, I, let me show you some pictures of that something. <laughs> anyway, uh, Phil, some some advice to people just starting in the uh, voiceover career or the acting career would be lovely. Hmm. If you have any advice, I don't know. Uh, talk to yourself a lot. Huh? I mean, seriously, that's uh, that's oh. really that's really how I began to discover my voices and my. My silliness. Oh, yeah. And did you record yourself a lot too? Yes, I did. You got familiar with yeah, your voice. I was very lucky. It's all in my book, Where's My Fortune Cookie? Available uh, on Amazon. There's a link com. down below. <laughs> right. Right yeah. right there. Right, right. down there. Right there. Uh, but I was lucky enough, my dad was an entrepreneur, yeah. and he'd bring in various inventions, like the first Polaroid camera, the wow. first transistor, uh, wow. and he brought in... Here's the first transistor. Yes, yeah, right, right. Here it is. He brought in the first recorder that we had was actually uh, on wax. Okay? Mm-hmm. And I have a, a, a recording of myself singing uh, a, 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 car, a hymn of some sort for my school, Alan Stevenson. But then went to the wire recorder. Wait, how old were you when you made that wax recording? Eight. Eight. You have that recording of you at eight. Oh, man. And then uh, we went to wire recording and then we went to tape. And I used to... and then tape with a radio inside. And mm-hmm. I used to listen to Bob and Ray on the radio in New York. First and, Bob, then Ray. You know, then Bob and Ray, yeah. <laughs> Couldn't take them together. was too, <laughs> too much. Just, too too much. just, just too much. a little Ray, no Bob for me. A little Ray, maybe some Bob today. <laughs> Hate know. him. Hurt. Ray, on the, the Bob on the side. You know. <laughs> uh, and, and I would record their show when I went to school, because I was in the school orchestra. I had to get up early and go and play. And and I would listen to the the, the end of their show. I was doing my homework. And I fell in love with their, their style of comedy, as did my mom, yeah, yeah. and I would uh, snip out various bits that they did, or anything yep, where they yeah. broke up, broke one another up, or anything where they... did have it out to save it? snipped it out and put it on a reel, and saved it, mm-hmm. edited it together. Highlights. Highlights reel. Which is actually on an album, The Best of Bob and yeah. Ray now, so, so that Larry Josephson and, did. Well, maybe that's right. It's over there. So it's over, oh, oh, there right, it is. I see it. And I started to, to parody them. I mean, to parody, oh, sure, them. sure, because that style was easy to acquire and right, silly, very characters. attractive to you, very attractive. Understood? Yeah. And um, the equivalent of that on television was, of course, Ernie Kovacs. But what I gleaned from that was that these two guys could do hundreds of voices, create characters in your mind mm-hmm. and I loved that and I took to it and I would indeed uh, have little dialogues with myself mm-hmm. on tape and mm-hmm. see what they sounded like and I would also use my editing skills to cut together funny sound effects mm-hmm. so you know so, so it, it's today like, it's very easy for people to do that it's much easier much for easier. people to do. You it. have to touch a razor blade even no and and I just think that if anybody has the instinct to do that you have to do it do it all the time it's one of the reasons why I learned so many languages because I talk to myself in in the language he's a polyglot how many languages do you do you have some mastery of see them a Google book How many Siem. Siem. da. da, da. him uh, and uh, and and the fun of it is that nobody's gonna criticize right you see? That's right. And, and yet, if somebody overhears you and starts laughing, you know it's you this That's right. It's only a, yeah. only a plus game. And, and anything else that I would do, like when I was an amateur magician or I was uh, uh, performing in any capacity, I could draw upon my voices as well as my physical acting. And it helped me to find character. Yep. You know, yeah, a great uh, way into character. Yeah, yep. and and again, because I had a myriad of voices at my tongue tip. I could experiment with that as well and dialects and things like that I was always attracted to dialect <laughs> yeah, like that, right? English Very words, like, Shakespeare yeah. all of that Yes, yes. yes. And, and and all of those things kind of build on it but but I, it's kind of like practicing and rehearsing all the time yeah so you're indulging for fun so, so you, for Phil's fun. giving you permission I'm giving you permission if you have this feeling now if you don't have this feeling or this tropism or movement towards uh, indulging yourself that way I wouldn't do it no do something else do something you know, it's the thing made, that you like, right? Yeah. You know. Don't feel bad because you don't like to talk yeah, to yourself right. or do funny voices. That's right. But, but it, by experimenting in the fields of art, you really are giving yourself a wonderful opportunity to learn your skills. What makes you happy? What you feel confident about? You know, the first time I was on the stage was when I was being punished for playing with my food at, at lunch at Alan Stevenson. So I was the, the teacher. Forced me to eat my lunch on stage. That was a bad idea. That's that's what I learned. Your first standing ovation too. That's right. I learned that I I could be funny. You know. Here's the review. Here's the review, man. I'm really playing with my food. So, uh, and I felt very, very, very comfortable. Very comfortable. And comfort Always is important sad. and you really won't get uh, comfort, you won't earn comfort unless you have practice and familiarity. That's right. So that it's not something you're unfamiliar with, it's part of your uh, your being. Uh, another thing I share with you, when I was doing a play in, uh, at Riverdale Country School in high school in the Bronx. It was a play called uh, The Silver Whistle, and I played an older character who looked a lot like, like this, <laughs> Oliver Irwinter. who's was a con man, kind of a, you know, 76 trombones. <laughs> and I would get nervous, obviously, before a performance, and I said to myself, well, do I have to get nervous before a performance? I said, let me try, let me do a show where I'm not nervous at all and I did the show that was great and that's and I've never had any stage nerves or stage fright since unless I was unprepared unless you're unprepared under exactly. rehearsed or unprepared, yeah, yeah, right yeah, yeah. that's yeah. when you're nervous yeah absolutely but otherwise cuz there's there's yeah. that the door is open for it to right. all go south really right. really and, fast and the other thing I learned I studied with Uta Hagen at the Hagen Burgoff Studios when I first got out of, of Yale mm-hmm. uh, and she taught us how to be how to be- totally believe what we were doing on stage mm, mm. by the use of, of our, our real props, mm. real things. Mm-hmm. We'd have these... You had iPhones back then? Yeah, like we had iPhones? Oh yeah, but they wouldn't, didn't work. <laughs> but, but you know, yeah, we didn't know what to do with them. There was no them, calling plan. Really, Yeah. You know, anyway, we, we killed flies with them, <laughs> yeah. you know? But, A lot of uses. But she'd say, bring in, uh, you know, your own car keys. Mm. And this was called the Lost Keys Exercise. Bring in your keys. I had to have a car in New York, <laughs> and you hide it somewhere in the set in the rehearsal room. And then you have to—you're leaving the your house, and oh my God, I forgot my keys, and you have to find it. The fact that they really were <laughs> your, your keys, <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't be able to get into your house. Made it's made it suddenly, absolutely <laughs> real. Yeah. And, and she would constantly show us, like she said, if you're on the stage and you want to build that fourth wall so that you can look out at the audience and not see the audience. <laughs> You, the, the exit sign in the back, that becomes maybe a mirror mm-hmm. hanging on the wall, mm-hmm. and the exit sign over there, maybe that's a fireplace or a door or something. So when you go look out, you're seeing in your imagination an extension of the world that you're acting in, and again, it makes you totally comfortable. That's the reality there. Yeah, so go for your comfort level. That's really the best advice. I think I can give to anybody who wants to perform in the arts. There you go. Great advice from Phil Proctor. Pick up his book or his audio book. Yeah, it's uh, right there. I dropped yeah, it. Yeah, it's down that, there. That anyway. somewhere. It's really, really super fun. Yeah. Okay. Uh, where's my fortune cooking? Thanks for watching. Thank you. Thank you.